Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama New Year. Yeah. And because this is an audio format, I'm not going to pull from Nailed It and just start screaming a countdown. <laughs> if you want that, go watch the second last episode of Nailed It Holiday on Netflix. You can get all of your New Year's content there. That's a weird plug for a, a popular streaming show that I'm sure is doing Everyone just fine. Everyone has already seen. Yeah. You just got to support other comedians, Kevin. Because <laughs> we're comedians. They're funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. This is not a New Year's episode. No, 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 it's not. But it is an episode. Well, our episode is normal. The episode of the OC that we watched is full of new beginnings. Uh sure, if you want to just uh if you want to do that, we can do that. Oh no, I was just trying to come up with New Year's content. <laughs> Kevin, what are your goals for the upcoming year? Oh man, I just did another my other podcast and talked about this for like an hour. Um I don't know, usually I'm more of a goof on this one, but I don't know, I want to do stuff. I'm going to go to spin class once a week. That also works. Because I'm forced to, because I told my friend I would, and I kind of forgot that when my friend, who I'm doing this with, gets into things, she gets, like, really into things. (laughs) Which means you're doing it. Oh, yeah, I forgot she goes all in. And, like, (laughs) there's extra things. Like, we went on Christmas Eve, because she was like, well, you're not working, and I'm not working. And our normal instructor is teaching a new class. We should go to that. And I was like, okay. That's good logic. We're going on New Year's Eve, you know, today. Because, <laughs> again, our normal instructor is teaching. So yeah, normal- I mean, no, logically it makes sense. I normally we go every Thursday, but she's like, oh, no, well, what about this? And what about this? And, like, our instructor was doing a charity class once, and she's like, we should go to that. And I was like, no. That, rem- that reminds me of, of our dad and his whole, if we work really hard today, we can work on Sunday. Yeah. Like, what? If we do extra work, we can work more. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, hey, we, we, we have free time. We should go work out. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's fun. And the more I do spit, I will say, the more I'm doing it, the more I like it. Also, my cardiovascular endurance is better. <laughs> so it's a positive. So there are, there are true life benefits to doing spin. Yeah, working out helps you. Strange. <laughs> but. Strange how that happens. Every Thursday we go until dodgeball starts on January 17th. Then we're <laughs> going to start going to spin on Tuesdays. <laughs> All right, well, that works. Dodgeball. I'm not good at dodgeball, Kevin. All right. Well, I mean, but you're doing it. I'm good at dodging. Not so great at ball. (laughs) All right. Well, we're back in the OC. California. Uh, It's interesting to be back to it. It feels like it's been, it's only been like, I guess it's been like 10 weeks. Yeah. It's basically the amount of time I've been doing spin for is the amount of time that Riverdale has been back. But it feels forever ago. I am so glad there was a previously on because there were a lot of things I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and there's good previous. Hey, that is useful. It was useful. It was useful. Most people probably didn't take 10 weeks off between episodes, <laughs> but... Oh, you don't know that. But did you feel, and I don't know if it's because I'm looking at things in a Riverdale lens now, did you feel this was a particularly crazy episode of the OC? It was also pretty crazy. Like, it had... Man, the highs and lows in this episode were super high and super low, like, it is it is quite the episode for us to come back on. It's and, pretty... Like, I comprehend that this show did, in fact, come out in 2006 now, I'd say. Five. I think we're into 2006. Okay. Like, this episode, maybe. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
but it seems that they knew that one day two youths would be making a podcast and they were like, <laughs> hey, let's like take a little inspiration from a show that we know is going to come out in 15 years, Riverdale. Let's, we'll use our uh, prognosticator. And we'll just know what Riverdale is about and we'll sprinkle a little of that over the OC. Yeah, that might be there. I mean, we can we can get into it and we can see. Well, I mean, we talked there is. we talked about our New Year's goals. So, right. what else is there to talk about, Kevin? You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year! This is season two, episode nineteen of the OC, The Rager. The Rager. I'll see, the, I'll see the name kind of spoils, like, where this episode's got to go. I and know. It takes a long time to get there. It is the slowest of builds. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if it wasn't called The Rager, you could genuinely believe this would be an episode of Trey and Ryan just, like, walking aimlessly around the OC, and not I, running into each other. Yeah, and I did, like, at a certain point forget that was the title, but then, like... Oh, there we go. It's only like the last 10 minutes. It really is. We'll just start with the first 10 minutes. And in the first 10 minutes, we get a moment of pure domesticity. Sandy is standing in the kitchen, watching some news, reading some news, drinking some coffee, just loving his life. I I forgot after watching Riverdale, a show of having a show where a lot of the main characters like each other. It's true. Because in, in Riverdale, a lot like the characters do like each other, but like Cheryl's always a weird one in there where I feel like she doesn't actually like anybody other than Tony. And you don't actually know how she's going to come into a scene. Yeah, I never know how she's going to do anything. But this one, like, so Trey uh, comes in with his bag. And uh, Sandy's pretty sad. It's yeah. moving day. And, and he... And he tells Trey that, like, you know, you are part of the family. And he just wants to give things to him. And Trey's like, I really don't want things from you. <laughs> Sandy's like... But you know, we could we could give you money. We could give you clothes. He's not saying this, but he's yeah. adjusting money, clothes, food, anything. Yeah, but all the Trey wants is a ride. And in comes Ru- well. Before that, first Sandy gives a little bit of dad advice. Well, because Trey apparently has not told Ryan not not let Ryan know I'm like Ryan knows he's leaving that day, obviously. But Trey has not said I'm leaving now. Mm-hmm. Now I am curious. So, I guess when Marissa left to go back to her mom's house, yeah. which I would have thought was yesterday, but I guess it's been a time. I, I thought Although just, you can't tell from watching this well, show. Well, I thought it was yesterday as well, because the, the way the last time on ended and the way that... um That this is the, the next morning. The, that is the next morning, I just want him gone. So, yeah. I think this is the next morning. So, as soon as Marissa packed up her bags, Ryan moved himself back into the pool house. Well, where else was he going? That's his home, Aaron. Well, it was Trey's home first. Trey got kicked out of... So... They kicked Ryan out of the pool house so Trey could live there. Yeah. Then Marissa came, so Ryan and Trey became roommates in the guest bedroom. Yeah. So I, I think what essentially what happens once Marissa moved out, like, Ryan was the, like, like that's like, it. The day before, Ryan went <laughs> and put his things in the room. Put his things into the room. He claimed it. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan comes in from the pool house. He and Trey are so awkward. The bros are just so awkward. And Trey's like, Can't you forgive me? And Ryan's like, I hope you like your apartment. There's a moment where Trey's like giving the um uh the like you know the oh look I'm sorry and like you know what uh, you know let's 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 put it behind us. I just, I just wanted to be a part of your life. And Ryan <laughs> and Ryan just has like this sparkly eyed wonder look which says something to um to uh Benjamin McKenzie's uh, acting 
of just like acting his eyes like he wants to believe his brother. And then he remembers who his brother is. But his eyes are just so sparkly in that scene. No. And there's a lot of moments in this episode where he just stares at people, either with <laughs> anger or remorse or excitement. There's a lot of there's a lot of Ben McKenzie face acting in this episode, is what I'm saying. And his face doesn't move a lot, so it's good. <laughs> Anyway, Ryan cannot forgive Trey because Trey stole that crystal egg. <laughs> yeah. And then Ryan had to go to somewhere and Seth had to catch something. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh <laughs> Ryan goes on just like a roller coaster with Trey over these these episodes. Like I almost said that where we stopped the last one cuz it's just Ryan's roller coaster of emotions. Spoiler alert. It continues. It continues as more roller coasters. So at school so I guess this is the next day. Yeah. Marissa and Seth kind of needle Ryan being like, well, when are you going to talk to Trey? You re- He moved out. He's your brother. You should really talk to your oh, brother. Oh, we should go see him today. I thought Marissa was saying we should just skip school. And I thought that, like Marissa, man, Marissa really wants to skip school. <laughs> Marissa loves to skip no, school. No, she was implying that they should go after, not, hey, we should go right now. <laughs> and I wrote down that Seth made an awesome Mary Poppins reference, but I didn't write I down what the reference either. was. Uh, so I'm sorry, guys. He does say, isn't it time to forgive him? And then I'm like, wait, wasn't that like yesterday? How much time has <laughs> give, passed? Give Ryan some give Ryan some moments. He's angry. That was yesterday. He keeps believing in his brother. And sometimes his brother doesn't let him down. But sometimes his brother steals the crystal egg. <laughs> no, it has to be at yesterday because Julie's arriving today. That's right. The way that she talks to Marissa. like Yeah, she arrived that day. Well, hey, uh, speaking of that, uh, we're back at the magazine, because that's the thing this real estate development company is doing that I have to remind myself. It's a real magazine, like a magazine that is sold in stores. Yeah, it's on the shelves, and a magazine that gets sued. Because it turns out that Carter wrote a real scathing, I guess, profile? Yeah, of of like, uh, what's his name, Nick, everyone agrees, though, I think his name's like Nick Morton. And he sucks. He he does suck. (laughs) <laughs> and I think later, um, all <laughs> it reveals that all Carter did was quote him verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy doesn't like it. Yeah. I also get to find out that it's also revealed later that Carter has apparently been sued so many <laughs> times for libel. So you'd think he would have, like, a lawyer who always defends him, but not this time. But, I mean, he's in a different place now. Now he's on, he's on oh, Long Beach right. anymore. Now he's going to Sandy Cohen. <laughs> lawyer of all lawyers, I guess. Lawyer of all lawyering. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure he was, like, a criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> he's Aaron, he's done every type of law at this point. I think he is just, like, a general practitioner you know, of I've, law. I went on a date with a lawyer recently, and I tried to make a joke about Sandy Cohen and, like, the way that law is portrayed on TV shows. And I was like, yeah, I mean, can't you just practice any type of law at the drop of a hat? And this lawyer did not, I said, a-, a la Sandy Cohen, and this yeah. lawyer did not get that joke. Didn't get he was joke. like, well, I mean, we did study all types of law in law school, and you really only specialize when you get your position. And if you wanted to, you could. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a, oh, see, you know I have a teen drama podcast. Um, <gasps> and so that, that goes into uh, revealing that uh, Kirsten is, well, she's worried about that, is also worried about the fact that Julie is not on the cover of this magazine. I think she Kirsten, was pulled. I think Kirsten is more worried that Julie is not on the cover. That's true. Uh, and because this is a TV show, just like how Ryan walks in the room earlier, Julie walks into the room. And Julie announces that Caleb is still in Rome for a business 
thingy. <laughs> but she had to come back early so she would be here for the day the magazine hit the stands. Yeah, so apparently people were upset about the whole porn thing and they wrote letters because of course they did and advertisers threatened to to pull um so julie's now on the cover and julie is fine with that yeah she goes oh you made the right choice i'm gonna go adjust being back in america now (laughs) goodbye (laughs) it's she's up to something this like since the episode where her porn past was revealed that was like three days ago right um, because Marissa yeah, definitely she, only only yeah, stayed at the Cohen's house for like yeah yeah we, we there is later where she's talking to Marissa and she like says oh I wish you'd come with me to Italy I'm like you were there for like two days so I am going to do a little of hand waving at this because the reason Marissa had to come stay with the Cohens was because the housekeeper got deported right yes and Kirsten gave that information not Julie right. Yes. So maybe Julie and Caleb had already been gone for like a week and Julie called from Rome? I don't think so. Here's the thing. I remember when we did this episode before that it was already a weird thing how short of a time Marissa spent at the Cohen's place. Yeah, I can't hand wave this away. Yeah, like I think think the honest actual um, excuse is that this was created in a time before binging was a thing. So they didn't worry too much about inter- um, episode. Well, I imagine they were thinking the audience would be like, "Oh, well, that happened two weeks ago, so it happened two weeks ago on yeah, the show there, too." There are certain times, definitely in this, where your thought process is sort of supposed to be, um, "I am watching, not I am watching in real time," but they're like, "We're not, we're not going to concern ourselves with this." And to be fair, I do imagine that there is stuff that happens in the OC that is just not interesting and is just not on the show. Well, yes, if it were a you know reality TV show, yeah. All right. But anyway. Uh, so it moves on and we get Seth and Zach who are excited about their graphic novel opportunity. But Zach thinks he should do the pitch because Seth is Seth. And that's fair. <laughs> he is correct. Though we learned this episode, Zach can also be Zach. <laughs> it's also true. Then uh, Summer is being Summer and she is just unwilling to let them talk about it around her. But that's the only thing they want to talk about. So Zach leaves and it's awkward. And but it's awkward because of Summer, yeah. not because of Seth and Zach. And, and Summer, <laughs> Summer, Summer's like, like, um, yeah. So essentially, Summer just says, "Never talk about your dreams with me." I don't care. I I just I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist, I which mean, is be, uh, a bad thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she knows it's going to go wrong, and her actions don't actually make it go more wrong. Um, I mean, they don't help. They and don't also, help. and also, that's kind of mean to it's your. It's not a nice thing to say to your boyfriend. Yeah, it's not a nice thing to say to a friend of any kind to be like, "Look, just don't tell me about your life," because this is a big thing for Seth. They're so excited. Yeah. Uh, so, um, back at Sandy's law house, <laughs> his beachside law house, he's making a surfboard board coffee table. Yeah, because he has no law. But don't worry, in law comes, comes in. <laughs> It's Carter. Yeah. And he's like, libel. And then Sandy's like, who'd you libel? I like to point out that we do learn later that this libel case was definitely just to get this scene to happen because it's not really brought up again. And no one's really concerned about it. Yeah, because even in this scene, Sandy's like, oh, man, I love libel. It's so hard for the other person to prove. I assume you just quoted him verbatim. And Carter's like, yeah, I'll give you the tapes. And Sandy's like, cool, let's go surfing. 
yeah, apparently Carter uh, used to surf, and so this is the reason. This essentially, we're going through a bunch of scenes <laughs> that are that are meant to lead up to one scene, which, which I understand is how TV stories work, work, but <laughs> it just feels so obvious here. It's- so Sandy loves Carter. Sandy yeah. loves Carter. Yeah. And this is proven. Yeah. But it's like they're like, how can we get Sandy and Carter well, in the same place? Well, Aaron, Sandy doesn't have a best friend anymore. I know, Jimmy's gone. <laughs> Caleb's gone. Uh. <laughs> Remember when Caleb was his best friend? That's true. I mean, I think he was Caleb's best friend. That's true. Caleb kept appearing around him. Um, What's her face? Who tried to seduce him is gone. Yeah. He has he nothing. But he but he does have Carter, the guy who is his idol, yeah. Honestly, because he read his paper. Carter does actually really like Sandy and really wants Sandy to have success in life yeah. with Kirsten. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they're going to go surf- surfing together, but we move over to Trey's where Marissa has brought him a lava lamp, which is an interesting choice. Traditional housewarming gift. Yeah. I think Marissa it, is like, what do poor people like? <laughs> that, lava no, lamps. No, that's 100% what she did. And also she didn't think of like, Oh, cooking or like anything useful because oh. she has because she has all those things. Now Trey has none of those things. He has a beanbag chair, and which will go well with his lava lamp, and one glass that he can wash so they can share a beverage. <laughs> Marissa has to go. Yeah, but before she goes, she does find. Oh, she also lies to him and it's like, oh yeah, Ryan has things to do. You know things. Yeah, but before she goes, she does find out. That it is Trey's 21st birthday on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> that gives her a lot of feelings. And it gives it makes very clear ideas in her head. Uh, and then as she leaves, Trey just, like, watches her longingly. I don't think Trey... <laughs> it's not a sexual thing. No, he doesn't but want it's re- Marissa. But it's a real... We- I think he's just lonely. Yeah, he just wants a friend. <laughs> he just leans against the doorframe and is like, Oh... <laughs> friend well you know if she hadn't chased alex out of town he and alex could be roommates they would have so much fun together working at the bait shop yeah which i'm sure is hiring (laughs) i think he has a job now because he bought that beanbag chair that's true maybe he just found it all right uh big (laughs) reveal aaron big reveal Oh my god, they go to the comic book meeting, and it was established earlier that all they know about Reed is that Reed was what once the assistant to Carter, and now Reed works for this graphic novel company. Yeah. So they walk in to see Reed. And Reed is a girl! Oh my god, a gorgeous 23-year-old! <laughs> Which they keep on repeating her age. Just so we know. Just so we know. It's creepy. She's not too old. But not that creepy. Um, Seth being seth does not know how to handle a female in the comic book industry and first he doesn't want to work with her because girls should not be in comics which to be fair his experience with girls in comics is summer yeah i mean that's fair like like, if if you do it based off of summer and marissa his life experience is not nobody likes comic like no girl i mean as far as he's concerned nobody likes comics i mean at his school he has the comic book club, but it's like one other guy and Zach. And Summer was involved with his comic book, and that was terrible. <laughs> so... But come on, Seth. Look outside your bubble. There's a big wide world out there. Get on Twitter. Yeah, think you're worldly. Oh my god, Seth would be terrible on Twitter. Oh, Seth would have so... He would so many opinions, and he would have so many. Fo- he would have so many followers that he doesn't quite get why they're following him. And also, they have a lot of X's on their profile. <laughs> Oh, Seth. Yeah. I feel like Seth is the kind of person who would have accidentally gotten an alt-right following. 
It's so true. So uh, they sit down, they have their meeting, and she compliments them both. But then she really compliments Zach's smart business mind. She compliments Zach harder, which makes Seth so upset. I'm like, oh, God, teenagers. (laughs) You know what? Accurate teenagers. Yeah, yeah, Seth Seth liked uh, having being complimented, but as soon as the focus wasn't on him and on Zach's good business plan. He became real jealous. Yeah. It makes it clear these two are actually very good at what they're doing. Yeah. Zach is uh, Seth is a very good artist and a very good writer. Storyteller. And Zach, and Zach, Zach is, is a really good businessman. She apparently had a marketing minor in university, but yeah. she is so impressed that a teenager made this business plan. Yeah. So they're both – they both are very good at what they do. They're also teenagers, as we will learn. <laughs> and we hope they won't screw it up, but yeah. we'll see. So the weirdest thing that has ever happened on the OC happens <laughs> – Marissa rings the front doorbell to the Cohen house. Yeah, she doesn't just, like, wander in. And then Ryan answers the doorbell of the main house. Like, there's no reason for that to have happened. <laughs> Why didn't she just walk around to his to pool, the pool house? house? <laughs> what? Why? It's clearly not because they're not dating. She does that anyways. Everyone does that. Have they forgotten what show this is? I don't think that she rings the doorbell and, and right open the door like, what? What? How did this happen? What, what are you doing? Why am I here? Why are you here? Sandy? Sandy, something weird happened. I need a grown-up. <laughs> so Marissa wants to throw Trey a birthday party, and Ryan gives one of those looks I mentioned before, where he is just furious about it. He does not want that. And he, well, he's more furious that she apparently went to see Trey when he told her not, which I don't remember him saying, don't, you he shouldn't go he to. He didn't want yeah, he to said, go. I don't want to go to Trey. She can do whatever she wants. But he doesn't understand why would she go to Trey? <laughs> he is the connection. He is not going. Yeah. <laughs> but then he gets really, really sad about all of this. And he's yeah. like, oh, but my brother. It's. Man, it's complicated emotions, and that is so hard to do. And the OC does it well, because, like, Ryan is wrong. The audience is aware that Ryan is wrong, and it makes no sense for him to be upset with um With Marissa. Marissa. But he's not upset with Marissa, and he says that later. He's upset he's... with Trey, and he m- put it onto Marissa. And he doesn't know how to get past being upset with Trey. Even though Trey's his brother, he doesn't know how to get past being let down so many times. However, if Trey had not been Trey... Ryan would not live in the OC. Yeah, it's, man. It's complicated. Complicated. What a show. Uh, meanwhile, <sighs> in the morning, Seth awakens Ryan. With like, coffee. Like a cartoon from asleep. He puts coffee underneath his nose and Ryan, like, rises up out of bed to... <laughs> Drink the coffee, which, yeah. which Seth then refuses him because yeah. that coffee is Seth's. So Seth is Sething. He's apparently worried... He, he says he's worried that Zach has a crush on Reed when clearly he has a crush on Reed and Seth's just real good at projecting. And that's that. That's that. Ryan <laughs> offers nothing. Yeah. He essentially just sets up the the plot line with Ryan. And Ryan's like, cool. This is, this is your problem. <laughs> you have a girlfriend you like. Yeah. I don't want to do this right. I don't want to do this with you. And then Seth is like, okay, well, let's talk about your problem. <laughs> and Ryan's like, no, <laughs> but don't you want to visit Trey? No. Does oh, and Ryan drops in the scene that Trey's birthday is coming up because Marissa told him. Yes. Yeah, he forgot about it, which he's very sad and embarrassed. <laughs> that he by. forgot about it. 
So he mentions the birthday, and Seth is like, oh, yes, I understand how the TV show The O.C. works. We need to th- throw an event so you guys can have a reckoning. That's how it happens. You throw a party. It's been so long since we've had a party. Like in The last any- party we had was that porn one, and we weren't even there. That was only grown-ups. <laughs> I mean, just like us. Me and you, Aaron. Oh, it's yeah. been so long since we had a party. Riverdale, Riverdale doesn't do parties anymore. No, I mean, they well, do. <laughs> Veronica did have her not crime gambling I guess there was the party. casino. Why do they never feel, but they never feel, they like, never parties. feel like parties. The la- I feel like the last real party we had was when Archie had a birthday party and Chuck and Cheryl crashed yeah. it to have chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which was just them sitting around and having everyone tell each other things. Oh, no, no. There was a party in the second season where they all did Jingle Jangle. That oh, was you're the right. last real party. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. rape party. Uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Bad times. Bad times. Uh, so uh, we go to – this is the scene I talked about earlier where Julie wishes Marissa could have visited in Italy where she was for two days. And she's trying really hard to be like, everything's good. I'm so happy to be back in America. But you can just see her mannequin <laughs> smile crumbling. Well, because she gets a mysterious call with, a, with that adds a underlying music to the scene, which is like, oh, this is the address? All right. I don't know who she's talking to. We never really learned. I think it's just a private eye, honestly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, which and- she sh- set up real fast because yeah. she's been back for a day. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes to another room and slowly unlocks a box, which has just the fanciest gun in it's it. the most beautiful gun that could ever be. It has, like, embossing and engraving and along like, the barrel. And, mother of pearl. It's, it's like if Julie Cooper needs to use a gun, that's the gun Julie Cooper would use. I bet she talked Jimmy into buying it for her for, like, her 35th you think, birthday. You think it came from Jimmy and not Caleb? I bet Caleb bought <laughs> Caleb her a gun. Bought her a gun. Yeah. It was their wedding gift. He was like, now you're my wife. I could not imagine here. Jimmy Cooper buying her a gun. Maybe he bought her a gift certificate <laughs> to the gun store. <laughs> yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm sure they have gift certificates. <laughs> they might. No, they might. It's America. So the, uh, the boys are surfing. Uh, Carter hit himself a lot. He's getting back into it. And then they meet the most beautiful orthopedist <laughs> named Aaron. I like how she walks up. <laughs> Her name's Aaron Lee. We learn later. But she just sort of like walks up and she's instantly just this cool, hot surfing doctor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? what? Where's her TV show? Like, <laughs> like she's... She's very much a one-dimensional character so far. We might learn more about her, but her one dimension is cool, hot surfing doctor. I genuinely... Who's, who's like, oh, there's a break in my round, so I thought I would catch a few waves. And I'm like, what? what? How are you going to go back to the office after that? <laughs> I genuinely thought she was another lawyer until she said the rounds thing. Because wouldn't it make more sense? It makes sense if she was a lawyer, but instead she's a cool, hot surfing doctor. And they call her an orthopedist, which is, like, not a term we use in Canada, but I can only presume... Is that a foot? No. I, she's a bone doctor. Oh. An orthopod. Oh, yeah. So she's, like, a fancy doctor as yeah. well. Bones. And, you know, it's very unusual to have female orthopedic surgeons. <laughs> um, they are usually cool, hot-surfing doctors. And, like, real hot bro doctors, in my experience, with orthopedic surgeons. Man. Just, 
What an insane concept of it. All right. So, all right. So, we got to make some sort of love interest for Carter. All right. Well, what are we going to do with her? Okay. Well, you know what? We can make a meet while surfing. So, she's a surfer. Okay. So, she's a surfer. But she needs to have an imp- impressive job because this is the OC. We can't, she can't be a slob. She can't be a bum. Why would Sandy know her? <laughs> Sandy doesn't know bums. <laughs> well, what if she was a doctor? What's a cool kind of doctor? Like a bone doctor. What's that called? A bone doctor. Some, someone get on the Google. <laughs> I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna write down bone doctor until <laughs> you until uh, you find something else out. <laughs> well, and it's pretty good because bone means bone, but also bone. Then everybody high fives <laughs> and does some cocaine because it's 2005 <laughs> or six. <laughs> the peak time of cocaine. Yeah, what were you thinking? The 80s? No. <laughs> Mid two thousands. So uh yeah, that was an interesting moment and she's definitely like into Carter. And Sandy's just like Ooh. Which which I think I I'm imagining is proximity to Sandy because let's be clear, like Carter is a handsome man, but when you have to take of him like in world, he's super scruffy. Yeah. He is really tall, though. <laughs> he is the tallest man I have ever seen on this TV show. Like, at this point, she has just seen someone standing next to Sandy who's, like, real scruffy and pretty charming. And, like, with I got hit in the face a whole bunch while we'll, uh, Maybe she just loves that self-deprecating humor. <laughs> I like that I'm better than you. You may date me. You're not a doctor? Oh. Huh. I like that. That is the whole thing where, where it's like, I only know people of one kind of thing. You are something different. That I'm is interesting. It. Which that's, is which is a true which is a true and honest fact, and I can you know help. That's a lot, so. why I go on so many dates with lawyers. Because <laughs> you're the opposite of a lawyer, <laughs> an actress. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So uh, we move over, and Marissa and Summer are talking about Ryan and his brother. They're just catching up, and Marissa goes, "Well, I just I feel like he'll be so sad if he realizes he missed the opportunity to have a relationship with his brother." And I'm like, Marissa. Where's your sister? Exactly what I was thinking. Like, you have a sister somewhere. Who you're not pursuing a relationship No one with. knows where she is. But we're not supposed to think about that. What we are supposed to think is Summer going, Marissa, you are the most supportive non-girlfriend ever. Which leads into Marissa shaving Summer so good. Because she's like, well, I just want to support him. This is what you do with Seth, right? You support him. In whatever he does. You talk to him about the important things in his life. (laughs) Summer's like, ah, dang, I've been bad. Off she goes. Well, I mean, so the camera, like, zooms through them to Zach and Seth. What I can only describe as proxy fighting about Reed, like, over Reed. Yeah, oh, yeah, but they're just kind of like, well, Reed says this. Well, and they're like, oh, man, you you may, I mean, you you just, uh, Zach, you just don't want to ruin this business thing going on. And Zach's like, and Seth, you have a girlfriend. Seth, have you told your girlfriend that Reed's a girl? And then Seth's like, I'm not allowed to talk about the comic book to Summer. Yeah. So, Anything. No. They're just the worst teenagers. I'm like, <laughs> don't. Guess what, guys? Reed is not going to date either of you because she is 23 and you're in grade 11. <laughs> Yeah, but they're being very, well, I mean, here's the thing, they're being very teenager They sure are. They sure are, which leads to Summer coming up, and she wants to know everything. Which Seth is very thrown by, for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, and yep. surprise, Seth will not tell her about Reed, and yep. it's... 
dumb. It's, and yeah, and it's, it's realistic, but also dumb. It's here. Here's the weird thing. He is both. He he digs himself into a hole at a certain point because after she doesn't, he doesn't tell her the first time. There's no way of coming back from that. Really, I mean, he could just tell her out of the blue, and that might work. What he would have to do is wait until she says, "Oh." read he does this and then he could be like she does this well he he does though he skips over that the first time is what but i you meant. know that's also a weird thing to do like i would never be like talking with my coworker, and if you're like oh he blah, 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 i'd be like he's a girl yeah but i don't know it's 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 realistic and insane yeah yeah and good uh <laughs> and then we get a pretty crazy scene here like <laughs> like and 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 uh, you said the last thing is the craziest scene you ever uh, you've ever seen. This is pretty crazy. Julie finds Lance because she had got the address, and she pulls out her gun and, and then, explains. And she also explains that apparently Marissa doesn't know. <laughs> well, remember they lied to Marissa. They said nothing eventful happened at the party. But apparently this has been like the hot talk of town for two and a half days. I guess Marissa just isn't paying. I guess she's very it focused on Ryan, and also she's very focused on herself. So, over the past two and a half days, Julie has been kicked out of every organization and club she's a part of, and taken off of the cover of her magazine. Lance has taken her life away, so she is going to take his life away. Yeah. However, the gun is not loaded. She pulls the trigger. There's a click. And I thought she did it on accident. But no, she just wanted to give him a moment of feeling how terrible she feels. Now, I'm going to take a moment here and say that there's one of two There's one of two things there. One, she, she did not know it wasn't loaded and just did her best to save herself. <laughs> Which I hope is the truth. Or two, she pulled an empty gun on a guy to shame him. The blackmailer. The blackmailer, who, as far as she knows, is quite possibly notoriously violent. And up to this point, has been unsympathetic to everything. Like, he does not care. But Anything about her. But her plan is to just pull an empty gun on him and... and then, Make and a the, wild gesture. And then the crazy thing is, from just from looking at his face here, apparently it works. Because he's not frightened. He's not, the, not anything like He's just like... Man, she's really serious about this now. He's like, oh, my blackmail. He looks like he just got... He did something bad. He looks like he just got shouted at by his wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... Also, can we point out how Lance, this strapping, not young, not middle-aged, <laughs> mid-aged man, yeah. has never been injured. No, he's... he's... <laughs> he is a prime physical specimen. He, yeah, he, he got a... He healed real fast. Real fast. Real fast. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, Kevin, as you know, this is a New Year's episode because there's been so much New Year's related content. Yes. <laughs> so, I am drinking a New Year's drink. Ooh. A little bit of bubbly for today, January 31st. <laughs> January 31st. December 31st. Nailed it. Nailed it. The day that it is. <laughs> Today. Today. The 31st. Of December. Of December. I almost said January again. Yeah. Yep. I'm drinking some La Marca Prosecco. It's one of those standard inexpensive Proseccos. It's a sparkling wine. It comes in a bottle with a blue label. Does it have a cork? Yep. 
then it, then it's uh then it's New Year's. It's got to pop. It sure did pop when I opened it. All the dogs upstairs were mildly annoyed. <laughs> They're more annoyed by people arriving at the door. Oh, yeah. They were not afraid of the Prosecco popping. Yeah, but they were angry about it. <laughs> like, excuse me. How dare you? <laughs> Why are you not petting us? <laughs> you made a sort of loud noise. Unacceptable. <laughs> we are here. Dogs. We, we are dogs. <laughs> so how is it? Oh, it's good. It's exactly what you think champagne should taste like. Not it's not champagne, it's prosecco, but sharp and angry. <laughs> exactly. This is my experience with champagne. What kind of champagne are you drinking? Sharp and angry champagne, I guess. <laughs> Real champagne? I don't know. I think so. Champagne only comes from one region in France. I don't know. Otherwise, I, it's sparkling wine. All I know is this that thing, and they're like champagne, and I'm like, I don't want to drink this. I took a sip. I'm like, this is angry. One day I will give you baby duck, which is a very sweet sparkling champ, sparkling wine. Okay. This is not Baby Duck, so it might be sharp and angry. Yeah. Would you like some? No, it's probably sharp and angry. Well, it's how I feel watching this episode. So Seth is still pushing Ryan to see Trey. He, his mom has asked him to go and get Thai food. And also Ryan should come with him so they can drive by Trey's house on the way to the Thai food. Yeah. There's no way that Trey's house is on the way to the Thai food. No. No. But Ryan is really, really really easily guilted into this yeah and, and ryan brings up a good point why he doesn't want to do it the fact that you know he, he says those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it and he has studying history and he at this point has repeated it a whole bunch and i think at this point he's essentially just like done yeah. i think the idea about that before he didn't have a support system but now he's like i, I don't, don't need trey lying to me and letting me down yeah because he's de- it's definitely not like this is the first time he's been let down by Trey. It's no. just the first time he can do something about being let down by Trey. And where he has an option. He doesn't have to see Trey. He doesn't yeah. have to spend time with his brother. He has a family. Yeah, but Seth Seth convinces him to just say happy birthday. Just That's all you have to do. Just say happy birthday. So off they go. But first, we have a very short scene where Sandy is so excited. Sandy is the friend everyone needs. Because he thought he saw a spark between Aaron and Carter, which well, he did. There was a spark. There wasn't a spark, Aaron. There was a fireball cast between them. And he was like... A sun ignited in the space between these two people. And he's like, Aaron's yes. jaw dropped to the ground and her eyes bugged out of her head and her tongue rolled out and the whistle went, woo, woo. And what did Carter do? Uh, Carter nodded. <laughs> <laughs> Carter has very few emotions, let's be clear. He's not drunk, so. He's not She's not drunk. So Sandy's like, oh, man, this is so good. She's so pretty. He's so tall and dashing. Let's invite them over for dinner, Kirsten. Let's set them up. Dinner, setting up. And now, because we haven't seen them in so long, I'm forgetting Kirsten's motivation, because she is perturbed by this. So Carter did have feelings for Kirsten, which but, he did apologize for. Well, and also he, like, they never really came out that much. He essentially was just like, Kirsten, it's very clear that I do have some feelings for you, but nothing's going to happen. I will tamp them down, for your family is awesome. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if Kirsten's upset about that. <laughs> Kirsten is Seth's mother. Yeah, gee, how dare you reject me? I reject you like I rejected Jimmy Cooper. But I have not rejected you, so now I don't want you, but I also don't want you to date a hot orthopedist. Yeah, she has some real 
emotions here. And once again, good for show. They're definitely show negatively because they're definitely negative emotions. But, like, I don't love that Kirsten – Kirsten's such a maligned character. She never gets good stuff. (laughs) It's hard when you're put up against Sandy Paragon of the people. It's true. Like, like the worst Sandy – like. Also, like how they put this back, this back, this storyline back, to back, back to the, back with Sandy's storyline, the Rebecca storyline. Yeah, where where he was just trying his best to help her and couldn't figure out his feelings, and then was so horrified when he realized what she thought. Yeah, and then you put that back to back with Kirsten being like, "This man had feelings for me, but said he wouldn't act on them." What? <laughs> you know, it's got to be hard to be Sandy's wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so Ryan and Seth arrive to Trace just in time to see him get into just a random car. And they decide immediately to follow him. Like, here's the thing. They don't say it, but their thought process definitely is, Trey doesn't have any friends. He was so happy when Marissa brought that lava lamp. Like, yeah, let's be clear. That's what they're thinking. They don't say it. What they say is, oh, man, that car is sketchy. And the guy in that car is sketchy. But they're thinking Trey has no Trey friends. Trey has no friends. Despite the fact there. that Trey clearly works at the bait shop. And could have a beat shop friend. Yeah, so they, they trail him, and the sketchy car enters a sketchy alley. And then they he gets out of the sketchy car and hands money over to a sketchy man. Yeah, there's a lot of sketchiness going on. And then this cuts right to the morning, where I guess Ryan has just kept at this level <laughs> all, all night. night. He's <laughs> just been sitting in the pool house, just like vibrating. Just punching the wall. <laughs> Because as soon as that door opens, he comes charging in and grabs Trey by both lapels. Like, man, this is... Either he was outside in the parking lot just pumping himself up. <laughs> he slams Trey into the wall. And he's like, I saw on, you! I would love to see if I would... If I had a chance, I would rewrite this scene. I would have him pumping himself <laughs> up in the in the parking lot. And Trey just opens the door and be like, Ryan, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I gotta go. I can hear you huffing. <laughs> are you jogging in tight circles? <laughs> You shadow boxing? But what Ryan shouts instead is, I saw you. What did you buy? Cocaine with Cocaine? Dr- drugs? Ecstasy? A drug? And I'll tra- get rid of it. I'll get rid of it. No, it turns out what Trey was is that that was his his uh, parole officer, and he was doing the nicest thing in the world. He had asked his parole officer to help him find a buddy from prison, and yeah. the buddy has been living on the streets, so he gave the buddy $5. So this is the exact same plot as when Trey went to go buy that watch. <laughs> yeah. So either that or there's a there honestly there's a slight chance he may be lying, but I, I don't, don't think so. But I don't think so. Like he says you can call my parole officer he and he has went, his business card. And I feel like they should have waited to see if Seth if Trey got anything in return. As opposed you, to just peeling off the You don't just give someone money and then be like, All right. <laughs> so you'll deliver the drugs later. <laughs> That's how business works. I'll give you the money now, and trust you will give me drugs later. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I gave you my house address, where you know the money, where you know more money is, and now, possibly more drugs. Ooh. Ooh. Now, Trey has learned something from his brief time at the Coens. How to guilt. He says, you know, what I thought when I saw you out the door is, here's my brother, come to take me for breakfast. For my birthday, 
Which is nuts. Which is insane because Ryan was at the door for 0.2 seconds before he lunged in. And before they opened that door, he had been banging on it for like a good two minutes while Trey slowly stumbled to the door. Yeah, when I first saw this, I thought they had let Trey get home, go to sleep, and then woke him up just <laughs> to the... But no, it was the morning, which is even more ridiculous. So, thanks, and, Trey. And then Ryan is kicked out and goes to see Marissa. Or he mostly he just explains the situation. He's like it's real sad. <laughs> like so, Marissa. Sorry, I, I goofed up. Allow me to explain my emotions to you. Man, what a healthy scene. And now, I accuse Trey of the worst <laughs> thing when he was doing the best thing. He's helping a homeless man. And Marissa teases him, and Ryan's like, "Yeah." So maybe you could help me, like, throw a party or something to make him feel better. Marissa is super confident. This episode, Marissa, using, we, we can't, we, Marissa has, has been our punching bag for a lot of these things. She is just, oddly she's, functional in this she's episode. She's real good in this episode. And it, and even though, yes, she clearly still has feelings for Ryan. She's real chill about it. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like that is the primary motivation. When there's other moments where she's doing things for him, and it really feels like the primary motivation is she just in, wants to get with him. Get in those pants. So I... I'm wondering if it's because we've been watching a lot of Veronica. Yes. But also, maybe her time in the Cohen household just made her better. <laughs> it took us two days. Yeah. She just <laughs> needed to soak in some Sandy and Kirsten. Doing done. So, uh... Julie... No, wait, first... Yep. Seth is trying to show off to Reed with being like, oh, no, these are just some sketches I threw together. Just a, a casual update to the graphic novel. And I'm like, Seth, and and she's like, oh man, these are really, really good. You're good at this. And I'm like, Seth, you have to stop confusing professional interest for romantic interest. I feel like Seth is the kind of person who would who goes to like a bar or something, and when the waitress is nice to him, he's like, she wants me. I should write her a love letter and bring it back the next day. Seth should never go to a strip club. Oh, no. He would lose all his money. Immediately. Immediately be like, but she likes me so much. I was just funding her college classes. And part of that might be that Seth, uh, his upbringing has been pretty sad, honestly. Like, I mean, his family's great, but, like, he hasn't had many friends. Yeah, he he does not fit in. Until Ryan got there, he was pretty much just, like, a lonely kid who, you know, was who had his parents and his parents loved him and he loved his parents. Um, so, so he actually doesn't know how friendship and like respectful interactions work. He, cause all, it seems like, like all he knows is like, you know, have, getting a girlfriend. And to be fair, once he met Ryan, that's all he's really had with like that is like every, every female he has met, he has dated at one point. This is true. Like, Except for Marissa, but that's because she was dating Ryan. Which is, once again, why I think Seth should have had a previous friend-child relationship with Marissa. But then we couldn't explain away all of his bad behavior. But I think... But we also shouldn't explain away his bad behavior. We shouldn't explain his bad behavior. Uh, Though, once again, the show makes it clear his bad behavior. Yeah, we're not supposed to root for him. Now, he does try to sabotage Zach, I guess by being like, oh no, Zach couldn't come to this meeting because he was too busy getting haircuts. He's trying. He's, he's, he's definitely trying to imply uh, imply that. I mean, Im- he says it. He said he says that he thinks that um, Zach is gay to try to make Reed not be. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work because Reed is a twenty three year old woman and doesn't care. It doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But also and, summer calls. That, that being said, Zach was supposed to be at that meeting. But yeah, Seth that's just, just didn't not tell cool, Seth. Yeah, like, come on, Seth. Try to be professional. Remember how you already wrecked one comic book deal? Stop Don't. getting in the way of your own dreams. <laughs> I like how they're pro- like like Ryan is dealing with the fact that his, that you know he doesn't know how to deal with his his ex con brother and like whether to trust him or not. And and Seth can't deal with the fact that he has to work with a woman in a professional setting. <laughs> You know what? These that are is <laughs> these are both problems that teenage boys have. <laughs> but no, he does get a call from Summer, and this is the moment where he because this is the moment where he could reveal that Reed is a woman very easily because she does say Reed like, says something, and Summer says, "Who's that?" And then he could have said, "Oh, that's Reed." Yeah, but instead he's like the waitress because either he doesn't he just thinks Reed is just that hot. Or he's either two of them. Either he, either he mm-hmm. is very into Reed, which he probably is, or he thinks that um, Summer, Summer will lose will, her mind, which she will. So, but she'll lose it more <laughs> the more he lies. Yeah. So he's between a rock and a hard place, and he chooses instead to jump into a frying pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Soon he'll leave that frying pan, but then it's just into the fire. Metaphors. Yeah. So Julie gets a package. And it is the giant porn. There's a great moment, though, where she gets the package and the, t- and the driver there, like, uh, the driver puts out his hand and, and she just, just shuts the, the door, door. Which is a great small moment. Are you supposed to tip UPS guys? I think maybe in a rich place like this, that might be the case. Huh. Because the big thing about Rich is they just tip, like, it's, it's a show of power, essentially, but they, other people get money, so... Anyway. Anyway. She opens up that envelope, and it's the porn. I'm like, holy crap. It's so huge. Her, her shame play worked. Her I'll draw a gun on this, an empty gun on this guy worked. And there's also a note. We'll tell you more later. Yeah. Uh, so Marissa picks up Trey and... Oh, she full stop kidnaps him. She's like, we're going. And he's like, what? And she's like, now. And he's like, I need my keys. And she's like, mm. we better leave now. And he's like, oh, I forgot my wallet. Oh, silly me. It was all a trick to get him to, to her house where. The lamest surprise party ever exists. And do, well, we learn. To be fair, she we, does say she invited a couple other people. We also They're learned, just not there we, yet. We also, yeah, we also learned later that this is just that those first few people have gone there. Yeah. Which is the cast we care about. Yeah. But she, more people are going to arrive. Which is at this point, they want to trade there first. Yeah. And so um, Julie is heading off. She's going out. We have some fun goofs where Seth's like, I learned how to grill this summer. I grilled everything. <laughs> and and uh, Ryan and Trey reconcile. They have a moment where Ryan extends his hand and then Trey hugs him instead. And then Julie's like, I'm going out. I have an pl- important place to go. <laughs> that is Ryan's brother. He is 21. He's allowed to have one drink. I'm a cool mom. Also, like, you've definitely let Marissa drink before many times in front of you. All right, Julie. I feel like she's someone who's like, Marissa, here, have a glass of wine. But I just just want you to do it with me. (laughs) So now that she's leaving, only Trey can drink. Uh Meanwhile, we go over to the – and we're kind of between these three stories. We have where Julie's going, we have this party, and we have the dinner between the four adults. Where Carter, I don't – think is trying to make things so carter arrives he and sandy are chit-chatting the doorbell rings which is aaron lee so off goes sandy to get aaron and i think carter is trying to be cool carter i feel like is super aware of the situation because he's like is this weird for you and it was weird but as soon as he says it it makes it so much more weird for Kirsten. <laughs> she cannot handle that Carter might date someone else. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, come on, Kirsten, because she's she's drinking. She is drinking all that white wine. Yeah. And that and, and Sandy does not notice. He's just so excited to set up a friend with some girl he meets surfing. <laughs> with cool hot doctor. Oh man, I wish Car- Carter, I wish Sandy was my friend. Man, yeah, he would everyone needs a friend like Sandy. So uh Julie in her storyline, she goes to a dive. Because it turns out that Lance left her a note that said, if you want the rest, meet me. And she thinks it's a shakedown. But no, he just gives her a bag. <laughs> and he's like, someone offered me $85,000 for these No, it's, no, it's, it's $8,500. It was only $1,000. It was only $8,000? I thought it was $85,000. No. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, well, you don't need that because you have 5000 from Caleb. And he's like, no. No, no. Was like, that, that was like a lot more. Oh, sorry, 500000 Yeah. 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 And he's like... No, Caleb gave me a beat up and stole the tape. <laughs> and Julie's horrified. I'm like, Julie, you pulled a gun on him and, and pretended to shoot him. And then Julie's like, but you did destroy my life. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just, you know how I get so mad if I feel like I've been disrespected. This is a crazy sequence of events that Lance like is pulling on that pity. And against like... Julie forgives him. Well, like, these two belong together. Julie pulls a gun on him and pretends to shoot him with a bullet, and it works. He's like, I didn't mean to blackmail you. I just was so angry, and it works. And so he's like, I have no money, not even $8,000. And then Julie's like, you have enough money to buy me a drink? Like, oh, God. Oh, God. So back at the party, more people arrive. And we do have a goof where um, the character's like, where did these people come from? Marissa's like, I invited four people. And then Seth goes, I don't even know four other people. <laughs> but, you know, Marissa invited four people. They brought their boyfriends. Their boyfriends invited She, she said, we're having a party at my house. And if there's anything we know from the OC, that means everybody's coming. Now, I've been to a lot of high school parties during yeah. my time in high school. I've never been to a party that goes like this. Maybe I'm going to the wrong party. This is a rager. Maybe it's because we're Canadian and people are just too polite. Well, I think also this is just rich kids in the OC. Like, I once had a party that people tried to crash, but instead of crashing it... (laughs) I'll tell you who this was later. But this person, this guy, came to my party and wanted to crash it. But instead of crashing it, he just stood outside and he was like, oh, well, I mean, I might have a party at my house instead. That'd be a pretty <laughs> cool party. People should just come, you know, up the street to my house, to the party at my house. And, like, one person left to go with him. Uh. And as he tried to steal all my party guests, like, another car full of people that I had invited yeah. arrived. And they were like, who's that guy? And he was like, Oh. So he tried to usurp the party. <laughs> well, he was like, Aaron's a loser. Come to my party. But it didn't work. Well, once again, I'll say that probably what this is. that Keep in mind that also Marissa lives in a mansion, like That's a castle. True. So if she says, we're having a party, I can imagine just like. Anyone being like, oh, yeah. And the, no, and Marissa what, has tons of room. What, it's fine. Listen, these are, these are, these are rich like OC, kids. like these are these are these are rich high school kids. And I guess remember what Holly's parties used to be like. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely can see this happening. It's more surprising to me that they're surprised by it, and we never get a reason. Like I thought maybe, maybe like an like like it just happens. There's no real reason why it gets this big. Just because Marissa told some people, and it just spread like wildfire. Like not because that's the porn house or anything like that. No, it just spread. Which makes me wonder if there's a deleted scene. 
Mm, showing how, yeah. Showing why this party in particular just got crazy. So, short scene, it turns out that Zach brought Reed with him, which is insane. Which is insane that Reed said yes. Yeah, why are you going to high school We're going to learn some things about Reed that are going to be real confusing. Um, but, yeah, so, that, so Zach and Reed are there. Marissa answers the door, and there's just a woman standing there who's like, is there a party here? And at that point, if Marissa cared about her house, which she doesn't that much, she would be like, yeah, for my friends, get out. But she does say yes, and which reveals that there are apparently about 30 people just waiting around the corner. Standing, holding, like, bags of red Solo cups. Is there a party here? Yes. Okay. Hey, guys, this is where the party is. And just a clown car comes running in. So then we have a fun scene where Seth gets attacked by some jocks because <laughs> he's looking for Zach. <laughs> he literally walks up to the angriest water polo player. like, hey, have you seen Zach? He plays water polo like you. And the guy's like, I'm going to kill this boy. But don't worry. Trey's going to kill him Trey first. Trey goes straight prison on him. <laughs> he's chokes him he choke slams him to the ground <laughs> and the guy's like dude what are you doing i'm like you <laughs> now to be fair the other guy did escalate first oh no no the other guy definitely as like <laughs> like the, the the speed that this that this goes from zero to 60 to 140 is insane this is oc season one episode one on crack and then it goes like to 200 because this nearby woman who just saw this is getting I go, the only word I can say is visibly horny. This is the girl who said, is there a party here? Is that the same girl? Yeah. Okay, because well, she sees this moment. And like the And she is, loves Trey. Yeah, once again, visibly horny. So she seduces Trey off into the night. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. Zach and Seth have a boy fight about Reed. Yeah, that's with their much, words. That's pretty much all that is. And uh, then Trey and the girl are in, I guess, Caleb and Julie's bedroom. They're somewhere. And the girl's all like, mmm. And Trey's like, well, I'm sorry. I'm a convict and this is my birthday party. Well, no, Trey does. Here's the crazy thing Trey does the exact same thing that Ryan did to Marissa. This is a lower brow version of it. Because she has her Buddha smoking weed tattoo, and they're in a room about to have sex. But he does, like, the marionette, like, leering stare. And he's like, I'm a, I am stole a car. I'm a, I'm a bad guy. Like, I, that's where Ryan gets it from. Now, I will say, we do have a linger shot where the girl's on the bed and all like, oh, come and get me. And Trey looks super, super sorrowful <laughs> and upset about it. I guess I'll have to have sex with this girl. And then he walks... Off camera. Yeah. To where we assume is to have sex with her. But I would... What my plot supposes, maybe not? I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. He's got, he's got that weird marionette leering. So maybe he's having sex with her. Maybe he's having a conscience. Meanwhile, meanwhile, not having sex and maybe having a conscience... Uh, Julie and Lance are having drinks, bonding over White Snake. So many beers. And I'm like, ah, oh, the relationship between a blackmailer and an armed assailant. But you know, <laughs> we remember once Julie was poor. Remember when Lance was crazy? Remember when he just splashed all of her personal business all over town? And they're, they're both just like laughing to- it off like, ah, ha, ha, what goofs we are. Remember when he was able to transport to where Julie was instantly? <laughs> You remember when he was the most threatening thing ever? It's like he's gotten smaller as well. Yeah. 
I genuinely he was looks- like, is this a different actor? Did they recast him mid-season? Well, it's it's almost like they're like, okay, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to shoot these scenes first and get real buff and we'll shoot those earlier scenes. Well, and you'll notice he no longer wears his tight black t-shirt. Now he's wearing like cool casual button downs. Because he's sad, I guess. <laughs> anyway, in the grossest trashed bathroom. It also, feel, it also looks like a... Like a bathroom at a restaurant. Yeah. Like, it's very big. Because Summer is very annoyed by the fact that there's a party. She does not like all these people in her friend's house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She goes into the bathroom, and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's Reed's like, it's fine. This is clearly a restaurant bathroom. There are stalls (laughs) back there. Did you know? And so she talks to Reed a little bit, and Reed might be into Zach. She talks about him in such a strange way. But maybe she's just like us, where she realizes how he is too pure for this world. I think it's more that, and I don't know, I think there might be, I think she might have been written by some some male writers who didn't know how women to talk about... admiration? M- well, yeah, how, how to have women talk about men, because I don't want to believe that she has any romantic interest in either of these two people and it's all business i would like that to be the truth but she talks about zach by by being like oh and he's such a sweet boy how does a boy like him not have a girlfriend i'm like what what but really it's the writers clumsily making summer be like oh who are you yeah she finds out she's reed and summer has a real rage blackout (laughs) oh yeah she is furious with seth for good reason. She shouts at him by the pool. And she has a great line, which is, Seth, even when you're not lying, you're lying. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true. Uh, and then she leaves with Zach. And that's that's pretty much that done for this episode. And also Reed. And also Reed. <laughs> so, Zach also does call Reed his girlfriend. And I really desperately want Reed to not be interested in either one of them. I really hope that Reed has a boyfriend who's yeah. like a very high-powered publisher oh absolutely i think yeah. that should be a, absolutely anyway off they go so now back in the trash bar julie cooper nichols and lance <laughs> are slow dancing to every rose has its thorn yeah getting some poison in there and then also julie does i think might be my favorite move to show a character like at all she's slow dancing with lance then just reaches over and takes a shot in the middle of the slow dance without breaking at all it's real good and i'm like i understand who this character is now she's trying to be something else but she's (laughs) she's julie cooper and then we learn that julie thinks she's going to get divorced and so caleb's going to divorce her and she'll have nothing she won't have her daughter she won't have anything and i find it blatantly insane that Julie Cooper Nichols does not have a prenup. Or or would lose custody of her daughters to, to, their, to their stepfather. Because we both know that Jimmy is in Hawaii or Japan or something. I don't... I also, like... I don't... I, like, I don't know a lot about divorce law, but I feel like you... Can you... Can you lose custody to a step-parent? The thing is, I feel like Caleb would be forced to share his assets with her. Yeah. Like, this is... I understand when she divorced Jimmy, Jimmy had no assets, so she lost everything. Yeah. But Caleb has assets. Anyway, she's she's sad about this. And then Lance... (laughs) Big, dumb, big, dumb Lance. They're both very drunk, and he's like, what if something happened to Caleb? I... 
I do that for you, Julie. We learned that Julie also left him for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. 19 years ago. 19 years ago. Um, he'll protect you. I'll d- do this for you and your daughters. And I wanted Julie to be like, daughters? <laughs> Who? What? Who? You mean Marissa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have two. No, Summer's not my daughter. She's just Marissa's She's friend. She's just Marissa's friend. Oh, oh, do you mean Kirsten? She doesn't count. She's a grown-up. What? What? <laughs> oh, there's Haley. But Haley has a career. She doesn't need me to look after her. Julie. Julie. I'm talking about Caitlin. Who? All right. That successful boy fight club financier? <laughs> the one who we wrote about in our magazine? I hear she disappears into the night at the end of each fight. I don't think she's real. I heard she's just a legend spoken of by the boy fighters. <laughs> Um, Lance is very drunk, but Julie is considering the words he says. Yeah, she's like, huh. <laughs> murder. What if we just, I, I was going to murder him until I forgot to load the gun. <laughs> and now I'm here. I, this is why I wish so desperately she just forgot to load the gun. Because at this point, she's like, I've gone way too deep. This guy's supposed to be dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so Marissa's sexy party is full of coke. Yeah, it's just straight up cocaine. And Marissa's like, ugh, I'm just gonna drink some water and kick a threesome out of my bed. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan is very thankful to her. Music swells. They're almost about to kiss until they're screaming. And uh, it's funny, before this moment started, I knew something would interrupt it. Oh, there's, they can't kiss this early. It's only episode 18. Yeah. So scream, they go to the window, and there's a woman face down in the pool. And it's Trey's sexy friend. Seth jumps in to save her also. Well, Seth is a lifeguard. It, I, he, used to te- he used to teach sailing lessons. I mean, that, that's true. But that's, but also, like, I I mean, I don't think anything's going to come of this, but that that feels like a very big moment. It's very heroic for they're, Seth. They're like, every, all these people are just standing around as the woman's face down in the pool, and Seth does not blink. Yeah, Seth, he goes right in. Seth goes right into the pool, and I don't know, it's a cool character thing. Now, this woman is fully dressed and did get outside very quickly after her purported sex yeah. with... Tra- someone Trey Trey, Trey. Uh, so I lost his name it's like Tyler so Travis oh no so it's very mysterious mysterious but first we go back to the Cohen house where this is where we find out that Carter has been sued for libel so many times <laughs> yeah Kirsten is drinking uh, the fact that Carter's been sued for libel uh, really impresses Aaron Lee because he doesn't he doesn't back down if you're not going to tell the truth what's the point point? and then the phone rings and it turns out for the first time ever the kids have actually done the right thing and called Sandy yeah <laughs> So Sandy goes and answers the phone. He comes back and he's like, hey, guys, real sorry. Marissa had a party. The party got out of control. Some girl did drugs. The kids are fine, but they need a parent. I also love how Sandy's so aware. He's like, this is clearly none of their fault. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even know this woman's name. She's not a main character. So he runs off. Carter has to move his car. And then Kirsten leans close to Aaron and she's like, I would beware of Carter. I don't think he's over his divorce yet. Which is partially true. It is true, but, but she's doing also, it for the wrong reasons. It's ve- she's ve- very much trying. <laughs> it's funny because she essentially just half does it because it's not an it's not honestly enough to throw Aaron uh, Aaron off. Yeah, yeah. So and Aaron's just like, mm, good to know. But it, but it was enough that like, oh come on, Kirsten, Kirsten, don't do this. If Carter can't be with you, he deserves to be happy. He, Aaron seems great. She's a cool surfing doctor. All right. So when we get the final scene. So at Marissa's house, the police or the ambulance is loading the girl off. Everyone's yeah. very worried. How Tra- is she? Is she okay? Trace sees her. He's upset. Yeah. And then something 
strange happens. happens. So the cop is like, uh, like sir, do you, he's, because Sandy's there, do you own this house? And Sandy's like, no, I just am looking after some kids, some yeah. of which are mine. Then he's like, who's the, who, like, you know, who's, uh, lives or who lives house? here? Who's here? And Mercy's like, well, I live here. And then he's like, well, I'm going to have to arrest you. Yes. He says, where are your parents? And she says, well, I called my mom, but she's not home. So he arrests a 16-year-old. Because he says, like, oh, that girl, we found a bag of ecstasy, and someone had to give it to that girl. So I'm arresting the homeowner <laughs> until we figure out who did it. Now, let's take a moment here, Aaron. I don't know a lot about law. And I especially don't know a lot about American law. But this feels not right. This feels incorrect <laughs> that you can arrest a 16-year-old because another 16-year-old was given drugs. I mean, I'm not even caring about, like, age. Um, and here's the thing. They could arrest someone, but this feels like this opens them up to so like, like so is many like lawsuits. a police threat. Well, yeah, because here's, here's the thing I'm thinking. So the girl obviously overdosed on ecstasy. Which she could have... Which she could have taken herself. Yeah. I like how he's like, we found a we found a bag of ecstasy. Someone had to give it her. She could have taken it herself, like people who do drugs it tend been, to do. Could have been her bag of ecstasy. She could have brought the ecstasy well, to the and, party. Yeah, and not only that, there are so many people at the party for him to just be like, well, we'll arrest you because you own the house. Or you're, you live in the house, which means likely you're the one who gave her drugs. It, it feels like that's one of those obscure laws where it's like, well, if someone gets poisoned in your house and we don't know who did it, the homeowner's at fault. Well, the reason they did this was so Trey can tell the most obvious lie. He is such a liar. He is lying because he is Archie. Yeah. And he is like, I have done so many things. He says, oh, no, no, no. I gave her the drugs. Arrest me. Do and, not arrest Marissa. And Sandy's like, like, wait, I'm your lawyer. <laughs> Don't say that. I am your lawyer. So it's, Trey is arrested. Essentially, this cop just wants, and he's like, I need to arrest someone. And Trey is clearly, like, Trey has done a great many things. Yeah. Trey 127% <laughs> did not give this girl ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah, that, feel, that feels, it feels like there's something that he's, you know, this, this is another one of those moments for Ryan to be like, I shouldn't have trusted him. Oh, no, he was doing the good thing all along. <laughs> he was taking the fall for Marissa. Which he didn't need to because Marissa was getting arrested for the dumbest reason. <laughs> and I feel like a good lawyer, a.k.a. Sandy. <laughs> it's been like, so you just arrest her because? <sighs> uh, but hey, that's, that's the OC. That's the OC. Trey just cannot catch a break. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. Did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW? I tried to give a little bit of a yeah. thing there. Uh, I lost my words. Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic went to Rome for a two-week-long trip only to return a day and a half later in the guise of drama? Yes, I did. And that moment was... Lance sending Julie one tape and then leaving her a threatening note, come and see me to get the rest. Why did he send her a single... T- I mean, this is obviously just to drag out their storyline. Well, he, well he, he let out a hostage. Or do you mean, why did he do this in general? Because she... It, yeah, she shot him! Yeah, literally, literally what oh. she did was she shot him. Yeah. Like, the fact it wasn't loaded, sure, she pulled the trigger of a gun on him, his life flashed before his eyes, and he's like... Well, I better apologize to her. I've learned so much. I feel like what he should, what what the Lance we grew, we've grown to love would have done is just left. He'd been like, 
I'm out. I got all these tapes. Well, time to sell, time to get my, you know, $8,000 and get out of Dodge. Exactly. Or save one tape. Save just one tape because who knows a, how many tapes he has. But somehow Julie's crazy speech and then ch- pulling the trigger on an empty gun at him made him be like, maybe I've been bad. Gave him a change of heart. And not getting beaten up by Caleb. Nothing else. Like, no. He was ruthless before this. It was just him seeing... The, the woman he had once loved. <laughs> he had once loved enough to coerce into doing oddly high production amateur porn. Wait a second. You're telling me that blackmail makes people feel sad? Now, I just wanted money. I didn't realize there were human emotions involved in it. I just... Kevin, do you have a CW moment? Um, it does. And it is a plot point, but we tend to use plot points as long as we can figure out other ways around it. It's true. It's the fact that that cop was like, I'm going to arrest this young girl. Because there's no reason to. And you know what? If they wanted this, I mean, I guess they want Trey to sacrifice himself. But you also could have done a thing where someone was like, I saw her go off with that guy. Um. Yeah, but they, wasn't, they needed him to sacrifice. Like, like, I feel like the, the, the fact is they could have written around it other than... But here's something I want to say about the OC. It's good. The, uh, Riverdale has done some things in it that were like, how is that the thing? <laughs> the OC is by and far a good enough show that this small thing, like, the, really the, stands out. Yeah, and it stands out, but also I'm willing to let it pass by. If I was not watching this show to do an hour long recap of it after we watch the show that would just go right past and i would never speak of it again and it would just be a moment however if trey did in fact give her the ecstasy will you be filled with rage um no because that's the character then why would trey be on ecstasy uh i don't know why would he do anything why would trey do anything Good question. I th- Why I did think- Trey go back and buy that watch after having been accused of stealing that watch? <laughs> yeah, I know. He doesn't do things that make sense. Like, I bought you the watch for fun. I forgot about that. Really, he was accused of stealing a watch, didn't steal the watch, then went back and bought, and the, bought watch the watch to do something nice for his brother. <laughs> because that's what he wants to remember is the watch they thought I stole. Oh, Trey. Oh, Trey. Oh, Trey. I, I think what, I, what I'm what i going to imagine, uh, and this is just me guessing what I think might happen, I think sh- she took the drugs herself. He was there, but then he left because he didn't want to take ecstasy. Mm. And he's like, I can't do this. I'm on parole. I can't have s- sex with drugs. So, so, he kno- so he knows that she took drugs, which is why he also might feel a little bit... It is his Guilty fault. for it because, like, I left her after she took all the... She took a bag of ecstasy. He is, in fact, Archie Andrews. I have done so many things. Yeah. I yeah. I think I think that might that might be it, but that's once again just a guess. He also could have done it, and this could have, could have been lying to Ryan earlier. Maybe this is a lesson for Ryan to never trust anyone. If people say they love you, you double don't trust. What them. I'm going to say is that if it is revealed that Trey did, in fact, like. He, like, he was buying drugs from that guy earlier, and it was ecstasy, and he gave it to that girl, and he did all these things. Then, <laughs> this is a real weird thing for OC to be. It's like, nah, nah, it turns out. Sc- screw that. Maybe they're just following that Maya Angelou quote. The first time someone shows you who they are, believe them. Well, it just reminds me of uh, the, um, I think the final season of Buffy, where, uh, where like, they sort of set up that... 
you know, like, oh, is, should Buffy be the leader and all those things? Mm. Um, and the show really feels like it's pushing you one way, but then it's like, nah, we were wrong. <laughs> Buffy is the only one who can lead them. <laughs> I'm like, that's really weird. Like, thanks, show. <laughs> like, it's like your entire thing is like, no, everyone can do everything and you don't have to be a one person. But no, okay, sure. But it was about that Buffy needs to recognize everyone's strengths to be a good leader. I just remember the scene where she gets angry at everyone being like, yes, I am the one in charge. And how dare you for not do that? He lost his eye. I'm the chosen one. Yeah, you're not. Except for they are because you, you did. No, they do that at the end I guess of they the show. The end, yeah, yeah. But there were a bunch of slayers there. No, they were potential slayers. Potential slayers, She was right. teaching them how to have all of the strengths so that when they become slayers, yeah. they're already trained. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, the point is that it's a very weird moment. Oh, I'm into it. I'm here for it. But if trade is ecstasy, I'm not here for it. Well, hey, if you uh, if you like this episode, you should give ourselves a rating, a review, a subscription if you uh, want to hear more. We're doing the OC right now and probably will for... Two more weeks. Two more weeks until Riverdale comes back from its long sleep. The longest sleep. When, when it awakens again. Sleep. It's hibernated and will come back in a new form. Grandpa Bear. Well, we'll come back in a new form. We'll have our, we'll have our weird lockdown city post-apocalyptic thing. Oh, God, yeah. I, I hope it comes back and everyone's wearing spikes and leather. I want this to jump forward three weeks and it just have gone all so to hell. So downhill. <laughs> so it's, like, it's been three weeks. People are already eating each other. And Jughead and FP <laughs> and Luke Perry Andrews just roam the outskirts of the city, like, shaking spears at it, being like, how do we ah. get in? <laughs> How do we get in? You're about an hour from a major metropolis, and New York is somewhere around there. But yeah, that's what that's, that seems about right. They just like tap on houses, being like, "Is this a safe house?" <laughs> Waiting to hear the tap back that will let them in. Man, watching this episode, which is pretty insane, and thinking about the last episode we watched of Riverdale, which is extra insane. Like to this episode's com- normal. Yeah, like to compare these two things, and keep in mind this is near the end of this season. They're ramping up. Yeah, and I mean, and this one, the most crazy thing that happened is that like. Julie might hire Lance to kill Caleb, and that's pretty insane. Meanwhile, in Riverdale, he locked down a city and her quarantine so he could rule it like some feudal king. Which I also don't understand, because, like, I understand the road's locked down, but why can't they just drive their motorcycles between two houses? Oh, we can't do this, Aaron. <laughs> we can't do this. They, they could all just walk through the road. We know that it's a park. We know there's a river. You could go down the river. Why don't they have a There's boat? so many ways in and out of that place, Aaron. It just you, We can't do this right now. Answer all of our questions, Riverdale. <laughs> or also fans. Like, you could answer these questions for us as well. Yeah, you that on social media. Yeah, it's all Podcast MOA. Podcast MOA. It's Twitter. It's Instagram. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you also said it's an email. <laughs> <laughs> we also have that. That's Podcast MOA. Podcast MOA at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week, I guess. Yep. Will Julie try to get Caleb out of the picture? Did Trey give the ecstasy to that girl? When will Seth have his Me Too moment? Because he may need one. For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>